Hello everyone, Jay here, and we're back here on the Over Manga Cast. Remember the time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our repeated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting. And this week on the podcast, we're reading My Next Life as a Villainous, All Routes Lead to Doom! So get ready for some Otome game weirdness, and let's get ready to rumble! I think uh, you should start it off, Jack. All right. So this is my first exposure to my next life as a villainess. Um, but I would say since this focuses mostly on the Atome genre at large, I am not brand new. So I'm familiar with the reverse harem concept very, very well. Um, but yeah, this was a first read through for me. All right, I'll go next. Um, my experience with this uh, with this title basically uh, boils down to Jake watched the anime and uh, told me about the dumbest puppy, and that's about it. So that was the expectations I went in with, and I'd say they were met. <laughs> uh, and then I guess then we can go to me. Uh, and as mentioned, my experience with it is... I watched all of the season that's out of the anime. Uh, I saw a YouTube video that was talking about it. I didn't think I'd ever watch it. So I started watching it and about halfway through, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to watch this. And I binged the series in two days. It's relatively short, but um, so I was, I was really looking forward to this. I, I, this is just so much fun. And yeah, Matt here. Um, my experience with this is pretty much just a Tomei fangirls telling me it was a good series, which um, not a strong recommendation, but hey, <laughs> I read it. <laughs> it's a parody in of itself. Yeah. Jay, you mentioned that you've got experience with the Otome, you know, universe. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do not. So even in that, this was a new front for me to explore and um i mean i i've watched harems before i usually only get about a couple episodes into them because i can't stand the fact that the protags are dense as neutron stars yeah but it, it oh, actually well. worked this time yeah i mean it's definitely i'm i mean obviously it's a very targeted market I recall a long time ago just because i was trying to expand my anime and manga collection I tried to read Oran High School Host Club. Mm -hmm. I did not get very far in that because that is not the target. I am not the target demographic. Yeah, and that's perfectly okay. That's yep. perfectly okay. I mean, you can kind of absorb the plot and mm -hmm. any major characters through osmosis being part of the manga and anime community. I mean, it, it happens, but it's definitely a very targeted very targeted series genre yeah though that's actually one of the things about um villainess is that it kind of breaks out of that like it's as much harem comedy as it is um like an isekai it's it's an isekai it's a harem comedy and it's an otome uh series all at the same time and it's able to blend that in such a way that if any of those grab you you're almost surely going to like this. 
Mm-hmm. As... I think that's part of what allowed me to watch it because I'm Isekai trash. So I, I appreciated that aspect of it. We should at least state the premise being um, our main character, Katarina. Uh, Her actual day... name is never revealed. She just is the character, mm-hmm. Katarina. Yes. Well, yeah, because uh, she's a Tome game trash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One day she uh, clonked herself on the head hard enough to jar her past life memories free. <laughs> Didn't know that was how that worked. But uh, she recalled that she was once upon a time a regular Japanese high school girl uh, who was into Otome games and then uh, got a visit from every isekai uh, Watcher's favorite character, Chuck Kuhn, and became Katarina Clace in, uh, and reincarnate, reincarnated into the Otome game she had just been playing. Uh, except instead of, um, instead of going into that world as herself or as the main character, as most isekais uh, do, the title, My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, she was, uh, isekai into the uh, life of the the like primary antagonist of uh, Fortune Lover, the Otome game. It's kind of a twist. It's usually you would be, if, you know, in, in this type of scenario, you would have been like spirited in as the heroine, as the protagonist. This time she's actually, you know, spirited in as the antagonist, as the villain, which is kind of like, oh, it's interesting to see that different perspective. Yeah. Huge. Uh, over the course of like how characters interact with each other as well a lot of the comedy works because and actually also a lot of the like denseness as well of Katarina actually plays into the idea that she's the villain uh and and when he says dense he does not mean you know this deep character <laughs> he means literally dense she's so dumb I can summarize how dense this girl is because uh, basically upon knocking her head and realizing, oh, I know how her plot plays out, which is basically in every ending of the game, Katarina is either exiled from the country or killed and she doesn't want to die young again. She wants to live to a ripe old age, but but her immediate plan is, well, I'm going to do what any isekai protagonist does. I am going to say I'm going to work really hard because I know the secret and I'm going to use my hard work to excel in magic, to excel in sword fighting, to live my best life, to avoid all these negative ends. And her uh, first plan to avoid dying is um, the uh, the villainous in the game has really... Um, everyone in this universe has magic of different elements. Hers is earth magic, the most common, and... Of magic, hers I think is magic is actually pretty rare. Uh, but they're nobles. That much, but it, it's all, common among the nobles. Yeah, it's, it's very common among the nobles. It's also, I would say, I would insert that perhaps magic itself may be rare among the population, but the concept of magic is well known throughout the realm. Yeah. Yes. Also, just a little heads up: all the characters we interact with have magic. Right. So yeah. from from the audience yeah. point of view, from the audience, everyone has magic. Mm-hmm. And of which Katarina has really bad magic in that she has earth magic that in the game was only able to cause a little tiny dirt clod to pop up and trip people. So her plan is to train herself 
to be really good. And she decides to do that by starting to farm because she remembers her grandma in her past life saying that the best way to get in touch with the earth is to farm. And she proceeds to only do that and never ever changes that initial opinion, despite the fact it never actually works. And, and the fact that she people. and the multiple. fact that she mentions that she's going to get a tutor, like not just you know for swordplay, but also she's also like I'm going to get she's going to get put everything in place tutor. the magic tutor and everything. So obviously you're going to have some professional advice to guide you forward. Nope. Yes. But despite that professional advice and everybody else telling her that's not how it works, she still does it. I mean, she likes it. It's fine. You don't understand. That's not, it's not appropriate given her station in life. That's the thing. That's the the, the one. (laughs) That's for commoners. She's a noble. She's a duke's daughter. That's the one point that just is such a thorn in, in, the side just going throughout this entire this entire reading is just so painful i'm like you're not even trying to assume the role that you were put in <laughs> yes you were keeping a flag you keep an eye on those flags but you got to assume the role at some point because you're going to freak people out of like she does of like who what happened to my daughter because obviously she's had eight years theoretically she, where she was she, normal <laughs> she is not smart enough to fake it there's no way she would ever be able to. Though this is sort of interesting because keep keep that thread in mind with like stuff like the farming, the magic, the ways that she uh, tries to avoid the destruction flags because I'm going to make a pretty extreme statement that's going to get laughed off, off the table Try until me. we get to a certain point. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to I'm okay. going to save that for later, but Keep in the back of your mind, like the idea that, like, you know, she wants to get good at magic. So she looks it up herself. Oh, you interact with the earth. And her first thought is farming, which honestly isn't that bad a train of thought. But then once people tell her, once people who know what to do tell her, no, that's not what you do, she's like, yeah, but it's fun. So I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, to the detriment of the reason <laughs> she actually started doing it in the first place. But you know. <laughs> yeah. Something that I noticed is. The way that this series was made was it started off as a light novel, it then became an anime, and it then became a manga after that. And one of the things that I noticed was they cut a lot of uh, stuff from the anime. Yeah, welcome um, to mangas. Well, usually the anime cut stuff because the manga came first. Yeah, it's usually the inverse. But um, one thing that one of the things that they cut is in my opinion, the absolute dumbest thing Katarina ever did and is how I describe her level of stupidity. They were in a uh, a temple as a test for their magic school stuff, which happens later. Um, and they were explicitly told that there were traps all through this temple. They're walking through, they haven't encountered any traps yet, and there is a little red button. It's bright red on the stone floor. Katarina sees this bright red button in the temple where she was explicitly told that there would be booby traps in. She gets down on her hands and knees. Ooh, what's this? And pushes the button and activates the booby trap in the temple that she was explicitly told there were booby traps in. And that is <laughs> the core of Katarina Clay's character. Yeah, yeah, she's a dummy. So she's like Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab. 
basically. Dee Dee has redeeming qualities. Uh, anyway, let's <laughs> let's um let's go through the side characters who are really the only reason to read this, and I think we've skipped over a few of them at this point because uh, the very first one introduced is the reason she regains her memories is um Prince uh George Gerald his name his is... name changes it's a lot spelled a couple different ways I checked the wiki and it's Gerald Gerald it's, it's very romanized Japanese like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay but regardless he is the prince who um was engaged to Katarina in the um in the in the, uh, in the official Otome game and is um basically what happens is he tripped her by accident um for some reason it's not really gone into um she falls down and has a small scar on her forehead which has marked her as damaged goods and in order to repay the like debt he's caused he proposes to her at when they're both like the age of seven and people are super happy because he's third son but also seems to have a very strong um like claim to the throne in addition to being the third son, I'm not sure that's gone into super well, but politics, and that's not definitely not the serious strong point. Uh, yeah. Though, one really important factor, which is basically the crux of the story, is the way it happens in the Otome game is not the same way as what we see. Because it's it's all of the Otome, like the the up to the point where you know, Katarina gets her memories of her past life back. That is the original Katarina living that life. And then she hits her head. The way that it's framed is like, maybe Gerald tripped her accidentally, but it was probably because she was like trying to schmooze him and trying to uh, uh, get on his good side because, you know, Prince claimed to the throne and she basically tripped over her own feet and smashed her head. Um, in the Otome game, very specifically, Katarina demanded that Gerald, air quotes, take responsibility for something that was probably her own fault, but maybe also kind of his. So he's, he grudgingly accepted that. But in the, uh, in the version where we see our Katarina interacting, she's freaking out about the whole isekai thing just for a start. But also, she's so freaking nice that Gerald actually feels bad and he earnestly proposes for her sake because after hitting her head, suddenly she seems like a totally different person. Oh no, because she, she really got her. And like she is, but the, what, like the, the biggest thing that Katarina does not understand even more so there's a lot of things Katarina doesn't understand because as established, she's really stupid. But the biggest thing that she doesn't understand is that everything that she is concerned about and building against is based off of the fact that the character she has in, in you know, inhabited the life of now was an absolutely terrible person. And the reason why all those destruction fla flags happened to that Katarina is because she will always bring destruction upon herself because she's an awful person. Mm -hmm. Our Katarina is a sweet, dumb puppy who no one could possibly hate no matter what she did. <laughs> and all of the things she's concerned about only happen if she, you know... Isn't herself. So. But, like, that's the thing, though. She does pick up on that because as young Katarina, which I guess is still old Katarina, but 
she goes to go like, oh, well, Prince Gerald in the Otome game was an evil prince who's going to backstab me. I better be nice to him and tell him he's always free to leave the relationship if he wants. Or mm-hmm. we get introduced to her adopted brother, who, if I remember correctly, is kind of just thrown into the story. So there's not really a lead up to that. But he's yeah. adopted by the family because he has very strong... Oh, I remember the reason why they adopted him because Katarina got engaged. So they need a male heir, which kind of just leads yes. me to believe wouldn't they have always needed a male heir? That's kind of. Well, <laughs> the issue is that she's marrying to a prince. It's imp- not said, not stated, but implied that if she married, say, another equal status noble, that she wouldn't necessarily have been plucked out, you know, okay, as severely. I it's mean, regardless of politics. <laughs> It's Europeanish aristocracy politics. But the reason why Keith is adopted is um, they go into a little bit. He is a distant relative. Um, however, his earth magic is so strong but uncontrolled that essentially he became a danger. And also, I correct me if I'm wrong, he is also an illegitimate child by yes. the relative. Keith is a bastard. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, and he's actually- adop- so he's adopted for his pro his the fact that he is he would be able to carry on their family name the clay's name and also he has prominent magic which you know katarina has not exhibited so you know two for one this is actually another place where i as an anime watcher start feeling cuts because they go into more detail of why the incident that where keith hurt his uh bio like his biological brothers like one of the things that they make pretty clear in the anime because they have more time to dedicate to this stuff, like it's it's Europeanish aristocracy. Most of them are awful people. And, you know, Keith is a bastard. They don't like him. They don't respect him. They bully him all the time. And like they were like chucking rocks at a bird's nest. And um, Keith was defending the bird when they turned on him instead and, you know, it sort of, like, establishes Keith as, like, the sort of, like, meek, kind, protective sort. And then, you know, he, in self-defense, just basically lashed out with magic and nearly killed four people. And, like, but the thing is, basically, what we get from Katarina is that in the Otome game, Keith feels isolated from everybody. Um, so he focuses on, like, he he's afraid of his power. And Katarina, the first thing she says is, hey, I'm going to get a magic tutor. You want to come to my magic tutor with me? Doing magic's cool. And Keith's <laughs> just like, no, that's bad. I hurt people. And Katarina's just like, no, that's Well, dumb. let's go back Do to the first thing, too. The fact when he's first introduced, her father goes into all this detail of like, so Keith is joining the family. He's going to be your new brother. So be nice. Show him around. And then it's implied while she's still reacting to she she knows about this route. She knows how it's going to end. Oh, I have to I have to quickly think about how I'm going to react to this so I can avoid my certain doom. Meanwhile, her father is going is explaining to her, you know, why she needs to be careful. I mean, obviously, he's your new brother and I want you to be nice to him. But he has some pretty strong earth powers and he's not quite capable of controlling them. So, you know, be careful. Try not to provoke him. And while he's explaining all of this in detail, you know, she's completely zoned out, totally preoccupied with how she's going to, you know, be successful in avoiding her doom in this route. 
because we established the main thing about Katarina is she never listens when other people talk at all. She, she is the she Atome game played. player that mashes X until she gets <laughs> yes. uh, zero for our non-localized folks. Or oh, sorry. <laughs> and yeah, and um, she. Uh, it, it probably is, you know, her father explaining. Yeah, so you know, just be nice to him. Don't, uh, don't cause him any sort of stress because we're working on controlling his magic. And she immediately goes, "I always wanted a cute little brother. You're gonna be my best friend. Come on!" <laughs> and just starts flipping out. And one of the sort of through lines of this whole situation, Katarina doesn't understand the effect that she has on people, in part because she doesn't realize. She's in the world of the Atome game, but they're real people now. And Keith and Gerald, the way she interacts with them changes who they are from the characters she knows in the game. Uh, one thing that's made super clear in Katarina's like internal monologues, which are absolutely hilarious because it's framed as a council of Katarina's that's being broadcasted C-SPAN style, and it's never not funny. <laughs> Because they're and all I, so dumb. And I love the fact that each of them, it has like a different outfit on because they're clearly supposed to represent like different points of view. But because this is Katarina and she is so incredibly self-centered, all of these different points of view have the same stupid Katarina brain of let's just keep charming, even though they shouldn't. <laughs> they should have different points of view. <laughs> Katarina views the characters as being static in her world instead of as dynamic as individual people as as she is. And that's really what continues to be to her detriment. The, and those she, are her five brain cells. And all five of them. Each one is at, at, well, they all sit around the table and they never interact. So clearly they ain't rubbing together. There's no sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, drinking game. Take a drink every time I come up with a new way to describe how freaking dumb she is. <laughs> no, we want our listeners to live. Um, but yeah, one thing that she makes clear in her internal monologue is in the Otome game, Gerald is a duplicitous, sadistic, black-hearted bastard. But well, like, no, you ever think, Katarina, that you that old you made him yeah. that way? But like, the problem is. In the, in the version of this universe where it's the Otome game, Katarina forced Gerald to um, uh, maintain the um, engagement, which was also somewhat beneficial to him because he hideously outranks her, one of the few people who does. So if he really wanted out, he could get out. But she's like pressing the issue uh, for her own sake. Um, and that made him hate her. And because one of the very few people he regularly interacts with, because he's Prince and people usually only ever talk to him because they want something from, excuse me, because they want something from him. Um, it, it made him duplicitous. It made him two-faced. It made him uh, black-hearted. Whereas this version of Katarina, there's no artifice to her. She's just simply herself. It's the reason she's so unbelievably charming. And she is ridiculously bizarre because she's so dumb and just comes to these random, like, logical leaps that don't make any sense. 
and it makes his life interesting. So Gerald isn't the Gerald from the Otome game. He's basically a completely different person. He still has a little bit of the two-face, still a little bit of a manipulator, but he's happy and honestly a good person. And then Keith, his issue was because the Katarina from the Otome game was a terrible person, she bullied him. That was the only family that he really had because the parents were off doing noble things. Um, and that made him isolated. So he became a playboy and that was like his defining character trait in the Otome game. But Katarina won't leave him alone to the point where he, when he tries to lock himself in, a, in his room for guilt for Katarina hurting herself with his magic because it's Katarina. She takes an ax to the door. She literally <laughs> axes the door down to drag him out of his shell, literally kicking and screaming. So, I, I, I'll interject here. There is not a selfless attitude to that. She is very mm -hmm. much freaking out if he locks She's very much trying to save her own skin because she knows what lies at the other end. She's like, I can't let him get so withdrawn that I end up dead and exiled. And true. Like, that's, 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 that's her motivating factor for the majority of this. She does not want to be killed. We go over various scenarios, all, you know, all routes leading to her doom. Either she dies or she's exiled. And, you know, if she can't support herself, which being raised as a noble, she wouldn't be able to in a functional capacity. You know, she essentially would have no choice. So she's almost clinging to this idea of, I have to make myself survive. It's very much survival for her. That said, though, there are a lot of cases where she goes out of her way to be nice, even if she's not planning it. And I think that very much is the real Katarina, because when she's doing the destruction flag stuff, she's trying to think. And that's not Katarina's strong suit. Whereas when she's just, like, interacting with everyone as friends, like, she, she doesn't want to get killed in the Keith route. But she also wants to dote on a little brother. It's something that she always wanted. Yeah, she mentioned she I always wanted a little brother. And I feel like almost as if she didn't overthink things, she wouldn't be as drastic. I, I guess yeah, what I'm trying exactly. to get across is if she didn't think about it so hard, she would have found a more reasonable way to kind of draw him out than perhaps axing the door and dragging him out. She probably <laughs> would have, you know, talked to him and smoothed him out of the door and they would have carried on, you know, as brother and sister in a healthy relationship, as opposed to being such a jarring, like, no, I'm going to, you know, pull you out of your room by force. If necessary, you will be my little brother. Kind of so, thing. If she were and, just and, more genuine and true to herself, instead of being panicking up first, and then kind of falling back into this is my true self. And I really just wanted a little brother and someone to really, you know, do it on. I, I feel like. You know, there was just a lot of, I don't know. And that's, uh, that's the thing about Katarina. When she tries to be duplicitous, when she tries to be selfish, it goes terribly wrong because she's not a thinker. And there are a lot of moments where Katarina's best moments are when she's not thinking about, because, you know, at the same time, when she axes the door down, like the destruction flag stuff is always in her in the back. I, actually, no, the destruction flag stuff is always in the forefront of her mind. But like There's the not a reason lot of room in the back. That's true. <laughs> the reason she freaks part of the reason she freaks out is because 
what happened that caused Keith to shut himself in his room was entirely her fault. And she knows because of what other people said, what Keith said, and because of what little understanding she does have the, of the situation, she knows Keith is blaming himself. And even more so than I don't want him to get isolated and then be the playboy and then the destruction route, she doesn't want Keith to blame himself. Like, she has this excuse in, in a sense of, you know, I've got to avoid the destruction flags. But, like, she really genuinely isn't a bad person when she tries to play to type is when she's at her worst. And, you know, the the axe to the door thing is sort of like a combination of both where it's like she will onto violence to a piece of wood, not let the destruction flag happen. But she's also just sort of acting because what she does once she axes the door down is deeply, sincerely and genuinely apologizes for doing something so stupid that got herself hurt and that he was blaming himself for it. So, yeah, that is... Um... <laughs> That is our introduction to the first two side characters. <laughs> I know, the, right? The, the the first two, um, the first two capture harem. Yes, uh, and all of the boys are the original romanceable targets in the uh, in the Otome game. Um, but this is a <laughs> this is, this a is not man. the original Otome game. This is so. not the original Otome game, <laughs> and this is a harem manga. So we need more. Yes, so, we need more. In the in, no the next, in the next chapter, we are introduced to uh, best girl Mary. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mary. Because um, uh, so Katarina gets invited to her first tea party as a, I believe there's a mild time skip here. I think she gets two years older or something. She's still something like that, young yeah. girl, Katarina. Yeah, she's still a little kid, and her poor isekai mom. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness! This poor oh woman. man, how how mean is my mother for d expecting me to do the <laughs> minimum of being a noble yeah, lady? Like basically, your, her father, you know, says, "I got this invitation for uh, a tea party, and I think Katarina, she's old enough, and she's obviously a noble, she should attend." And mom immediately speaks up at dinner and says, "No, she is not ready. She's not ready for this at all." And, and to, not. And, she isn't. And to, to drive this point home, uh, Katarina proving that uh, instead of just an isekai protagonist, she's actually a shonen protagonist because she is shoveling food into her face. With she her loves hands. food. <laughs> loves the food. Well, no, she she explicitly loves sweets. Yeah, which is yeah. very Otome game protagonist. Oh, look at all the delicious sweets. Although she shovels food into her mouth so quickly until she like has to excuse herself to the bathroom to just take a fat dump. Like, <laughs> this this girl eats until the point she is bursting full and then immediately evacuates. Like, Yeah, I'm just like, at that point, do you actually enjoy the sweets or you just love stuffing yourself? You know, like... The answer is yes. <laughs> and like, mentioning Shonen Protag's one of the things that I love about Katarina is how low, uh, how low key terrifying she is as a fighter because she's actually a good sword fighter as far as we tell. She doesn't really ever use it, but, but like, say, the she manga gives me no indication. Well, we her, yeah, the manga doesn't. That the manga doesn't better. We know she trains consistently. Yeah, but in the manga, it's never demonstrated that she 
you know, has any. She never, she never, for, she never she, directly uses it, but like the tutors are her improvement, even though she's a noble, they're going I, to tell her, they're going to tell her whether or not she's getting better. I mean, yeah, but That's we also a lot to infer from the manga. I mean, it yeah, never like goes she's, she's also said she's trained magic through a tutor, but also but did a whole also, bunch of farming. Yeah, but the tutor tells her that she's not getting better and she can see that. I'm, the, the point I'm making here is she has she's a skilled sword fighter. She's very good at throwing small projectiles that we'll get to a little bit later, uh, which could easily be like bolas or throwing knives. Earth bump it's in a not. high level um Earth Bump in a high-level sword fight is actually really good because unsetting someone's footing in a bind can end a sword fight instantly. And how can hey, you, you know what she's going to do next? She doesn't even know. Like, hey, you know what else can end a sword fight almost instantly? A fireball to the face. <laughs> like, if we're going to just throw magic in here, other people can do it a lot better. I'm saying Katarina is a is actually a really good fighter. It's just she's never in a situation because it's not it's yeah, not a shonen yeah, manga. She's never in a situation where she needs to use it. I just love that about her because like, she puts she puts all of her effort into the things that don't matter. <laughs> I yes. know, Jakey. I I am getting a strong indication you are giving her a lot of benefit of the doubt. I would not. And when we talk about our opinions on the manga, I'm sure we'll have a bit to go into. But <laughs> let's uh. So the tea party we were at, right? Right. Yes. So she um runs away to the bathroom. She assumes all people act like her because she's like they must have been coming back from the bathroom to go eat more food. She's an idiot. Um, and she runs into um, uh, Mary, who is a lone girl. She's like the youngest daughter of these three siblings, I think. And she's hanging out in the garden. And uh, like Keith. Oh, so in the beginning of the chapter, it's actually when Katarina arrives, she and Keith introduce themselves. They um, introduce themselves to the selves to the three hunt children is revealed then that I think she asked Keith about the three sisters because Mary does not look like the other two. And then it is revealed that um, Mary's mother um, was, you know, the newest marriage. And unfortunately, the two older step-siblings, or half-siblings, sorry, um, mistreat her because I'm sure there's some hard feelings about, you know, their father getting remarried and Mary... I don't want to say looking different, essentially. She's also mousier mm. and just more reserved. Um, so yeah. Well, currently. Mm -hmm. When we first when we're first introduced to her, she's like that. Mm -hmm. And then I believe this is the first time we get introduced to Katarina's Isekai superpower, which is being able to remember uh the exact things that cause people to fall in love with them, um, <laughs> which is weird. Because, Jay, maybe you can answer this. Do you normally get fully detailed backstories of all the antagonists in Otome games? Because it seems like she knows exactly how everyone has always met, even though from the point of view of the protagonist, that makes no sense. Yeah, no, not unless you get the fan gods and do some pretty extensive reading, which, I mean, uh, it's, the, the information which... is out there. That is just a level beyond me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And Which, it should be noted that Mary is another one of the rival characters being uh, being betrothed to uh, Gerald's brother. 
Not yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet, but she will be when once the plot kicks in. Plot such as in the this. Otome future. So Katarina and Mary, um, after Katarina is rushing back from the restroom, um, she notices Mary is, she runs into Mary out on the patio and notice she's taking care of some um, flowers. And she's like, wow, I also, you know, like some, am interested in agricultural, you know, (laughs) activities. And she compliments her and Mary all shyly says, wow thank you. No one really notices. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. And she's like, no, you're wonderful. You know, I would really appreciate your advice, your help with my garden. And, you know, from then on, they like make, (laughs) they, they um, make the decision to, for Mary to come over and visit Katerina um, and, you know, give her some advice for her vegetable garden that she's growing. Um, it is then when uh, Mary, you know, helps her and uh, Katarina is very um, satisfied with the result that she says, Mary, you know what? You are really good at this. You definitely have a green thumb. And Mary looks at her like, what? And Katarina elaborates and says, well, you know, that's what they call people who are very good at, you know, growing plants and stuff. And Mary's like, huh, interesting. And then later on, um, they obviously become fast friends and bond over this experience. But um, later on, Katarina is reflecting on the day and then realizes how she messed up. Yeah. <laughs> because, the green thumb, because the green thumbs line is supposed to be Alan's line. <laughs> and it's uh, part of how in the Otome game future that Mary uh, ended up falling for him. As, as Matt alluded to, Katarina remembers the exact scenarios that caused these love flags to go off, but she only, she just subconsciously performs them and then only remembers them later and thinks, crap, I messed up the timeline again, (laughs) but never actually latches on to the fact that she messed up the timeline. (laughs) And she never follows the train of logic. If you keep stealing the romance flags from all of these characters and are doing them yourself, what you, is the logical conclusion to yes. that? <laughs> you create the love flags for yourself. I'm just saying, you triggered this, it. This girl is so dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so basically, oh, she falls in love. Chapter ends. Next chapter, um, Gerard, uh, Gerald comes over, and he has his brother Alan with him this time. Alan confronts Katarina. I love this scene. Because she's seducing everybody. Yeah. Particularly Mary. He's like, he's he demands that she stops seducing his fiance. And Katarina, as she is wont to do, has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. (laughs) So essentially, Katarina says, Hey, I know we'll settle this. Why don't we have a competition? Naturally. And so she picks something that she, well, she knows she can't beat him in pos- in like sword fighting or anything. Yeah, so she decides, hey, what's something I'm really good at? I know, tree climbing, which Alan <laughs> completely sucks at, obviously, because he's a noble. He's never he's done it noble. before. So, yeah, Katarina proceeds repeatedly to kick his butt. I don't know how many times she's done this, but apparently it's like three or four times or whatever that they've tried climbing trees he comes over like weekly to challenge her again and uh, 
assumedly they have like multiple competitions a day because it looked like they kept tr climbing trees until nighttime. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and all this time, Keith is running interference on uh, on their mom uh, on on Madame Clace <laughs> in order to not have her realize what is my idiot daughter doing this time. She's climbing trees with the prince. What? <laughs> Unfortunately, what he couldn't run interference on was Gerald seeing his brother hanging out with his fiance. Oh, and sad. all we know is Gerald hates Alan because he's better at him than everything. And Gerald is. Er, no, it, yeah, it's it's Alan hates Gerald because uh they're twins, and uh, everyone always compares Alan unfavorably to Gerald. It's twinning. The twinning I'm, dilemma. Yeah, I'm also sure Gerald doesn't encourage that comparison yeah. at all. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, definitely not. The way that Alan is in the uh, Otome game is he he has a pretty severe inferiority complex. Like, that's sort of like the, the Otome game route that you have to deal with as the main character. And uh, the way that ends up getting resolved, because... It, it's shown very much why Gerald and Alan don't have a, a particularly good relationship because uh, uh, Gerald is perfectly fine to turn the screws just to get Alan to go away. And um, so Katarina suggests another um, uh, another thing that they could compete in since uh, Alan's not having luck with the tree climbing. And they uh, uh, have a competition with music instead. Which Katarina bungles, but apparently Alan very skilled with the piano. I don't know that she bungles it. She's just not unusually talented at it. I would I would assume anything Katarina is not claimed to be exceptionally talented in, she's not very good at, because that is what the manga has told me. If she is yes. not an expert in something, she is hopeless at it. <laughs> yes. I guess, I guess this is another case for me with the anime, because like her thing with uh, her piece with the piano was like fine, but unimpressive. So but, I guess I guess that's the anime coming in again. Either way. It could also just be she did fine for an eight-year-old. Like, yeah, that's think, yeah. Would it be a far-fetched to infer from her supposedly noble upbringing? I mean, she is in a noble realm now, and though the original main character did not have a noble upbringing, she is being raised in this Otome game world as a noble. So would it be too far of a stretch to infer that she would have been given piano lessons? I'm I'm gonna be honest. How this is written, I think what the if they wanted to say it, they would say, "Oh yeah, I remember my mom in Japan gave me piano lessons, and I remembered that over seven years beyond saying I actually learned anything in this game I'm in, because she actively seems to never learn anything <laughs> that isn't directly related to the three things she wants to mm -hmm. focus on." <laughs> Well, Alan handily wins the piano competition, but because the inferiority complex has already begun, and when you have an inferiority complex, you can never accept that you've won anything. And so he thinks that all the all the praise that they're heaping on him is completely disingenuous. And so he runs off feeling insulted until Katarina in her endless uh, peppy persistence hunts him down. And she decides to actually, uh, brilliant for her, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Uh, not a terribly high bar to cross. She takes a different route, and instead of trying to boost Alan, she tears down Gerald by revealing a weakness. <laughs> not just a weakness, something he's just absolute petrified of. Yeah, which is His done. Weakness, which is done interestingly visually. 
Um, <laughs> it put that way in the anime too. It's it's so. Yeah, yeah. I, I posted that one. They decide to pixelate the snake he's afraid of. Um, that uh, ends up looking like exactly what you think a pixelated snake would look like. A, a long <laughs> pixelated thing being gripped in a hand. He was absolutely terrified. I've never seen someone with so much composure break down so completely. <laughs> but it turns out it was just a snake. And uh, Gerald is actually quite terrified of snakes. So Katarina, in another bout of um, shocking insight Logic? decides that all right so in the gerald route the way katarina dies is gerald turns on her and attacks her so i need a secret weapon i'll make a fake snake to throw at him and startle him so i can win the fight or run away either or and so she decides to reveal this secret weapon to Alan and throw the snake at Gerald as means of demonstration to great effect. <laughs> and just this woman is so dumb because from this point in her life where she realized he's afraid of snakes, she decides it is a worthy expenditure of her time to spend <laughs> to hours practice. a day a remainder of her life practicing throwing a fake snake. I don't and creating and more realistic fake things. Yeah. <laughs> She's so dumb, I love her. Because the one that she had as a kid was just basically a crumpled tube of paper with little eyes on it. She actually gets a... She actually makes a pretty <laughs> realistic facsimile later on. Needlessly realistic snakes to throw at Jared on the off chance he attacks her. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sorry. Alan is Alan is my other favorite character next to Mary because uh it's in it's at the end of this incident with the snake that um he he doesn't exactly lose the inferiority complex, but it doesn't become like his defining character trait. And he is funny, he's one of the funniest characters, not in the way that Katarina is. He just is he just points out how dumb she is most of the time. He is the he is the straight man in this comedy pairing, uh, <laughs> more so than anybody else. <laughs> because while everyone else is like dancing around, calling her an idiot most of the time and playing along with what she says, he's like, ah, yes, uh, Duchess of Dunce over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Alan is the one most likely to call her out on the ridiculous nonsense she's constantly doing. Yes, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous nonsense she's constantly doing. <laughs> Her next addiction she gets into is romance no novels, which she it's gets the, in. It's the closest thing to shoujo manga that exists in that world. And she's no taco. And she becomes yeah. ridiculously obsessed. Her mom does not like it, but thinks at least it's slightly more ladylike than climbing It's still feminine, but it's like one of those things that's just not proper for you know in the public light but she's like at least at least she's acting like a normal girl <laughs> she's not climbing trees like some little tomboy she's told liking these books is gonna ostracize her because it's definitely not proper society so obviously what katarina does is loudly asks everyone she can if they like romance novels hey guys do you guys read porn <laughs> Because she wants a friend to talk about it with. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Which is in her previous life. She had a she had a school friend who would always like, yeah same uh, Otome games, read the same yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I look for smut friends, I just loudly scream down the hallway, who here reads smut? Benny, <laughs> any all read rude stuff? Okay, I can say this with absolute certainty, Jay. You are smarter than Katarina. That's not a high bar to clear as established. Thank you. Well, uh, in this case, her immense idiocy works out because um, at another tea party, she does indeed find a fellow uh, a fellow piece of shoujo trash <laughs> in, uh, in another one of the um, rival characters, one of the future rival characters from the Otome game, uh, Sophia, it, who is part of an interesting pair of characters, even if she is the only interesting part. Uh, because she Ouch. Is, okay, uh, They're yeah, interesting no, for very different reasons. Nico is worst boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm he gonna have to do anything. Hard agree. Uh, excuse he me, or- Nicole. Nicole is the most likely to actually romance her. Yeah, he <sighs> just has to look at her. Like that's the whole joke. <laughs> Don't know much about him, but he's so charming. He is. Nicole is. Nicole well, is there. <laughs> I know he has wind magic because it was listed in his bio. Yeah, it was listening yeah. to his bio. That's the only <laughs> point where it ever comes up. But he's the son of the prime minister. And apparently this entire family is just rocking appearance rating five. They are all they are all <laughs> well, banging. Well, the only issue is Sophia, because of her appearance, she's ostracized because they think she's a demon child. Uh, she's, like yeah, they, albino, she's albino. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, they mentioned that she's albino. And for there is another reason, and this is such clever foreshadowing that I didn't actually realize when I was watching the anime, but reading the manga, I actually realized this is foreshadowing a later plot point. Uh, but one of the reasons why Sophia bonds with Katarina is because they both love the romance novels. She's already ostracized for her appearance, so it doesn't matter if she's into something that high society isn't supposed to like. Nobody gives her the time of day anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep, but she does kind of gross, like freak her out with her wanting to touch her hair repeatedly. Well, yeah, because Katarina thinks it looks smooth and silky, and it's like I want to touch your hair. Can I touch your hair? I I don't think it. I don't think it freaks her out. I think she's just confused at first. She catches yeah. her off guard because she's used to thinking of her hair and eyes as disgusting. It, yeah. And Katarina's like, no, I think it's cute, and because again, just and this wasn't even you know her attempting to meta game. This is just her. <laughs> This is just her. This is her, her knee jerk reaction to, ooh, that's cool. It's a cool thing. Because <laughs> she realizes that on the Nicole route, Katarina, the, the Otome game character, is an almost completely non factor. So there aren't any destruction flags for her personally. So it's like, oh, I can just befriend these two and not care because it's not going to mess with anything mm-hmm. that's relevant to me. Which, like, that's not how anything works, you dumb puppy. <laughs> but um, as much as I was ragging on Nicole earlier, uh, he, later on, uh, he and Sophia end up having an interesting dynamic when it comes to Katarina, because um, a, as we learned from uh, 
Katarina's metagame knowledge, Nico is a siscon, uh, making Sophia the rival character for the protagonist on the Nico route, which... Yeah, because we've okay. got that, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we we learn through their... Um, their their double team maneuver that <laughs> apparently Sophia is perfectly willing to uh, share with her brother because she is constantly trying to set up situations in order to make it easier for Nicole to, to romance Katarina. Yeah, both of them are trying to set up Katarina for the other one to romance. Mm-hmm. And it... it and oh, they man. are completely open with each other about this, which I thought was the funniest part. It's just each of them trying to get her into a into a love flag situation. Of course, <laughs> they, don't, of course they don't think of it that way, but, but yeah. And and just going, go for it, Nichan, or go for it, Onisama. <laughs> but yeah, I think at this point we've been introduced to the cast of characters outside of we we've been introduced to the official rivals and capture targets. Yeah. Yes. Which then we have a pretty significant time skip because I think we just skip over about six years because she goes from however small that a first original time skip was to being 15. Yeah, mm-hmm. she goes from like nine to being 15. So I, I just want to point out Katarina at this point is a 24 year old woman. <laughs> Mentally. Who, who acts like a 13-year-old <laughs> child <laughs> while being 15. Yes. She's the best. I love her. Yes. Yeah. So on her birthday, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, frat, um, fraternizing beneath between all the friends. She invites all of her fraternizing. friends. Um, they all, you know, I invite her for a dance or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. you know, most persistently, um, you know, Gerald's really trying to get in there now that they're older and everything and say, well, you mean so much to me and, you know, I'm not going to let you go. She's explaining it from the perspective of the Otome game where Gerald hates Katarina, but like she's not the evil villainous Katarina. She's just herself and everyone loves her. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, that attracts me. And I have the greatest pull here because I'm formally engaged to you. I'm not going to call off this engagement no matter what. Yep. Nope. No matter what. <laughs> Which sort of, we, we, we get sort of like the, the character dynamics of Gerald tries to do something saucy. Then Keith runs in and, oh, you know. I must protect Nason. I must, I must protect. Um, and then Mary running interference for Alan because besides Gerald, Mary is the one thirstiest for Katarina, which yes. is hilarious. Which is why she is best girl. She is gunning for it. I just, I just love the moment with Keith in this because Gerald kisses her on the neck, which is a mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable thing for a fiance to do at a 15th birthday party. And Keith runs in, wipes the kiss off her neck. And, and goes, then says, I was, just, wash- I was just wiping off a bug. Yeah. It was. Yeah. A- <laughs> How dare you kiss my sister that I'm not blood related to? <laughs> Remember, kids, it doesn't count if you say no chromo. <laughs> it doesn't count if you say, uh, hey, step bro. <laughs> what are you doing, Step Bro? 
Yeah, and then there's an aside where Keith mentions, you know, why is she so dense? <laughs> why is she so stupid? Why does she seduce everybody? I'm getting so many rivals. I don't like it. <laughs> Mary is also like really hilarious in, in how aware of the situation she is. It's like, I can't keep deflecting all of these people. There's too many of them. Everyone else is aware of the situation, but but main character. It's it's great. And it's it's great because the entire night is people wanting to dance with her because they're interested in her. Gerald gets a pass because he's the fiance. He gets to dance with her because, duh. And then we get her dodging everyone else up until Mary and Sophia catch her out on the balcony. And she's like, but we're all girls. We can dance with you, right? And she's like, I don't know how to lead. But Mary's like, I learned everything I could possibly ever need to learn to be with you. Oh, you're such a good friend. You're such a good friend. Great friend. I learned, I learned the male part in a dance specifically to dance with you. Yeah, it gets kind of scary. Oh, wow, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we basically read the, um, them getting ready to go to their magic schools that they do at the age 15, and they all have magic mm-hmm. that's been established in the bios, at least. Uh, and yeah. and how many big... powers have we actually observed outside of, you know, Keith's we, Earth Ka- Gollum Katarina. and her clubs? <laughs> At Katarina has her earth bump on occasion. They talk about Mary's magic. I don't think we ever see it. I mean, what what element is she even? She's earth, but she's is she? uh, she's Mary's plant. not earth. I, no. Oh, what is she? I'm pretty sure she's wind. Or no. Huh. It never comes up. They don't list the girls because they're not capture targets, so she doesn't know. And, and obviously asking people is uh outside what she <laughs> she's capable of. but like we see um we see gerald with flames in his hand on a couple of occasions i think that's his bio portrait no he actually uses his flame to light the way in in a dark tunnel at one point um so in the anime no in in this is skipping to the to a later arc, oh. but when they're going down the stairs in order to, to that application, he has he's lighting the way with his fire. And then also in the temple where her where dumbest puppy's dumbest moment happens, he does that there as well. And we we do actually see a little bit more magic in the anime. I think I think Sophia is wind. Wind the second rarest. So that would make sense why super aristocrats both have yeah. wind magic. Regardless, for the manga's point of view, at least, for going to a magical academy, we see barely any of it, if at all. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't really see any classes. Uh, We do know that apparently this school is a meritocracy when it comes to the uh, student council, because only the people with the highest grades and the most powerful magic get in there. She's never admitted as a member. She's just a friend of everyone in the student council, so they let her in. Yeah, she gets a dumb puppy pass, so she gets to sit <laughs> in the corner and everyone feeds her treats. Because it's true. Because, She's a puppy. Because this is an isekai, and isekai are just wish fulfillment. <laughs> like, there's no conflict. She just gets what she wants. It's also a harem, which is wish fulfillment. <laughs> it's wish fulfillment on wish fulfillment. So this is where we uh, meet the heroine of the Otome game, Maria Campbell. She is wielder of the most powerful and rare kind of magic, light magic, which because of course happens 
I, I guess that is a thing that she has. She's also a commoner. Filthy commoner. How dare commoners come to my royal school that also allows commoners and is a meritocracy. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of the nobles um, rag on her and bully her, but Katarina... Um, Being logical, and I love this moment. <laughs> South, South. <laughs> she steps in uh, in order to uh, beat back bullies whenever she sees them. I say beat back, but she really just... She just glares at them. She's got like a plus 10 in intimidation because as she puts it, her face uh, has a villainous cast to it. So she just flexes that by uh, hitting him with the uh, the fat intimidate roll and sending them all running to the wind. She rapidly becomes friends with Maria, uh, mainly because Maria makes homemade sweets that are really tasty. <laughs> and she's also really cute and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And Two of the mandatory requirements. Yes. Gotta make good sweets, and you gotta be cute. And, and like, I think in like a uh, rapid succession within like the courties, she steals the um, romance uh, flags from all three of the male uh, capture targets <laughs> and does them to Maria herself. Uh -huh. She steals Gerald's finding her climbing a tree. She steals um, Keith uh being nice to her, her and like chip or something like that or then, she alters it because that still happens but it happens differently because keith is a completely different person uh she full-on steals a moment later when she one of the defending uh maria from bullies was a keith moment and it's sort of funny because like the nickel the nickel route never comes up because that's the one she never played because she hadn't actually finished fortune lover yet i go into that where it's like, she never finished Fortune Lover, but like when the very first scene, it's like she only got to go through like the first route, I thought was what she said initially. But then I think they said, no, she did multiple routes. And what they meant was she didn't finish the game, which is do all the routes. So, okay. And again, I don't know if the, the anime is clearer about this, but she basically finished three of the routes. A lot of times when she's saying... I've only gotten so far in the game. They're in flashbacks when she's talking to her friend who had completed the game entirely. And a bunch of the stuff that she knows is from her, her friend Achan having an encyclopedic knowledge of fortune lovers and, and spoiling everything. a bunch of spoilers. Yeah. Her friend does a lot of spoilers on her. Yeah. But also her friend just, tells her everything about the game so all of her information is hand going into this universe that is not identical to the game so she yes. is working off isekai knowledge that is both faulty hated and worthless <laughs> because it never clicks anything until the event has either happening concurrently or already passed i gotta say my poor boy keith he <laughs> tries so hard but uh but with Katarina's questioning, because periodically, you know, she'll. She's trying to figure out what, because again, she doesn't realize that she's gone and mucked every single route up. So none of them are going to happen the way they do in the game. But she keeps trying to ply Maria and her friends for information, trying to figure out what route she's existing in right now. Yeah. She's like, so are you crushing on anyone? Who, who do you like? No. she keeps she keeps asking maria if there's anyone that she likes like romantically and maria always responds with well i'm quite fond of you uh 
Lady yeah, Cadbury. Maria, Maria straight up answers her, it's you, dummy. I like you. And she's like, I wanted to talk about which boy you like because Katarina is very heteronormative. <laughs> which is hilarious because she's very clearly not straight herself. And like... I don't know, because there's a point later on where, like, Maria does something super cute and Katarina says, if I was a man, I'd ask her to be my wife. <laughs> yes, she would like that. If you, Even if you did that right the f*** now. But about Keith is the fact that, you know, in the previous route, Keith was known as being a playboy because he was acting out, obviously, from being, you know, discarded. He wanted by attention. Boy. Yeah, he wanted attention. While she you know, poses that question, hey, Keith, do you have a crush on anyone? And he freaks out, is like, what What do you mean? Crush? He's mean, like, are you, like, interested are, in any of these ladies? Are you, are you hitting on Maria? Are you, uh, it's like, what is, what is hitting <laughs> on Keith mean? basically just has, like, a freaking heart attack right then and there. He's just like, I would never. Is, he doesn't know what hitting on means. And she says, oh, you know, asking her to do lewd things with you. What? <laughs> He just like freaks. Oh my god! And in this, he's a proper uh, noble gentleman. He's a a sensible gentleman, and you're just like, what? Non sequitur. I think I just realized why magic is never brought up at this magic school because it's not for that. It's so the nobles can get all of their children hooked up with each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because they also say at some point it is very weird to graduate without being engaged to someone, which explains why they never go to class and they're constantly just doing dating activities. I understand yeah. that. I realize now this is Isekai harem trash. Wow. <laughs> You're late for this party. <laughs> did did we go over my favorite bit where um Katarina is defending Maria from the bullies because she baked a whole thing of muffins. Oh, that, um, yeah, yeah. That was the initial defense. But my favorite part is before you can even realize she solved the thing, she was like, oh, I hope Maria's, f- ooh, muffins. Proceeds <laughs> to just pull a dad from Dexter's laboratory. Eats all of the muffins. <laughs> Those muffins are for the whole council, man. Does not care they are on the ground. Does not care they are covered in grass. Does not care there was a track of them. Oh, she did that before at the tea party too, with all the with snacks. If they fell on the ground, she was like five second ruling if she was lucky. And Maria just goes, "Did did you just eat you just all eat- of the muffins?" And she's like, "Oh no, she hates me now." But because she's an isekai protagonist, wow, eating all the muffins is so cute. I think I love you more. All of your actions don't have negative consequences. Yay! So, in, in case any of you were wondering what Matt's opinion of the Isekai genre is, <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, I think that's the perfect ending point because all we've had is all these um like cute interaction cutscenes. I think we go through the first three days of school, or maybe the first week. Um, mm-hmm. And some nondescript amount and, of time. And then, and then it's a, it's summer break. I yeah. don't think she's learned anything. Her grades are bad. No, her grades are average because everyone helps her, which yeah. put a pin in that. But yeah, uh, basically summer break starts. Uh, and and this the- is also where huge swaths of the anime get slashed out of it. To the point where I started noticing it was causing problems. Because, like, they they take away uh, 
basically Maria's entire uh, backstory. They put it in later, but like they they removed Maria's entire backstory from the place where it's supposed to be. Yeah, which was confusing me for a bit because, um, you know, Katarina apparently has become quite the uh, hobbyist agricultural uh, enthusiast and wants to go visit uh, some commoners fields in order to learn more about the fine art of farming. <laughs> Yeah, don't let mom find out. Uh, She's in disguise. She put on rimless glasses, and that's literally it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she also uh, a much like more mundane dress because she's yeah. not a noble. She is a merchant, a yep. pitiful lower class. <laughs> yes. But um, as they are, uh, as she and Keith are riding back from their tour of a of a farm, which apparently the farmer was just fine with. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, hey, you want to learn more? Sure, follow me. <laughs> Um, they, they pass by a small village and Keith is like, Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that where Maria lives? Maria lives there. Let's go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, as Jake pointed out, this is where we're supposed to get a bit of Maria's backstory, or at least that's where it was in the anime. Yeah. And that uh, probably would have made that entire section a lot clearer because. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about y'all, but Maria's mom was acting yeah weird and i interpreted that as i don't know i i felt like (laughs) there was some sort of thing going on huh i got that her mom started acting weird right after they said yeah she bakes for us all the time i took that to mean she was assuming her daughter was being like a servant yeah that's kind of i kind of felt that way too i also felt that you know once she realized that they well, kind of as soon as they introduce themselves as, oh, you attend, you go to school with Maria. Oh, you're those rich, like, noble people. Why are you visiting? What are you on about? This is dubious. Why are nobles interested in my daughter? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's structured so much better in the anime. Basically, the issue with, and, like, even the stuff that they do keep that they just add later, which I'm going to put it back in the place where it's supposed to go, What ended up happening is Maria and her family were just a normal group of commoners. And then Maria uh, started at the age when you start displaying magic, started displaying light magic. Light magic's super rare. It's super powerful. And because magic is almost exclusively a nobility thing, everyone assumed that Maria's mother had had an affair with a noble. As far as any information that any version of this story is given that I've read, that's not true. The anime is a lot more ambiguous on why the dad leaves. Well, it's because of the societal pleasure, pressure that everyone's saying his mo- his wife had an affair and cheated on him. And I mean... Or he thought that. Yeah, but I mean, even if he didn't think that... The anime implies that it may have been something else entirely. They don't go that deep into it. They leave a lot ambiguous that maybe that was the reason, or maybe he had some other reason. They also imply that he's probably dead. They do a lot more to, uh, like, flesh out Maria's home life beforehand. I I would be interested what the light novel does, because Mm. I'm wondering if maybe the anime filled out some scenes as well. That might also be possible. Usually, if you want detail about anything, go to the light novels, because anime, they cut it. And then manga, if it comes after the publication of the anime or the airing of the anime, is cut even more. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is I doubt that the manga is based off the anime. That actually doesn't make a lot of sense. 
I would imagine the manga yeah. is also based off the light novel because yeah, that way they'd be they'd be going concurrently. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Basically, the reason why Maria's mom was acting weird is because ever since going to magic school and and befriending Katarina, which this is actually an important point for all of the characters in the story. Maria went from being extremely lonely because like none of the kids would play with her anymore because, oh, she must be a bastard child. Um, you know, and the social stigma associated with it, she had completely isolated herself and the manga more. So I think, I think at some point Maria says like her mom stopped looking at her or something. Yeah. Her mom, you know, overcome with the fact that, you know, she didn't do anything. Maria didn't do anything, but because of Maria, She's been, I, her mother's been ostracized by her village. She's lost her husband. You know, her life has completely collapsed because of Maria. It, it a little bit vilifies her mom, which is, was not my experience with the anime. But basically, the reason why the baking thing surprised her mom is the three of them, that their family, before all of the light magic stuff happened, all used to bake together. And it was Maria's favorite thing. And she stopped doing it after she was alone. So that's the reason why it weirded her out when they mentioned the baking thing. It's like something is changing in Maria. She doesn't normally act that way. And at first, she's not sure what the intentions of these nobles are. But the anime actually goes into even further detail. Katarina doesn't just show up and bum at uh, Maria's house and eat Maria's food, Mar you know, Maria's mom's food, and then just leave. She makes a point of saying, oh, well, I'll do something for you. I see you have a vegetable garden, and I know a little bit about gardening. Let me help you tend that. There's more of a, they have a fun day, like, together all, you know, doing stuff, and it's, like, way more even, and that's the point where Maria's mom comes to trust that, like, Katarina's intentions are pure. She just likes Maria and wants to be friends with Maria, and that's making Maria happy. And one of the big threads of most of the uh, capture targets and rivals is Gerald felt alone. Keith felt alone. Sophia, uh, and to a lesser extent, Nicole felt alone. Alan felt alone. And Maria, in particular, felt very, very alone. Mary is the only one who really had a meaningful connection, but that's just because she was pining for Alan, which is arguably even more lonely. And the thing that Katarina does for all of them that makes them care about her so much is not just that they love her, but this group of people are all friends with each other. She brought them into basically a family, a family full of love, genuine love for each other, and the reason why they are all so enamored with her is like the haha funny cute isekai moments and harem moments, but also because she's the the point of light in their life. They actually just have friends now, mm -hmm. which none of them really did. They have, they all have friends that they've all kind of just consigned themselves to sharing a girlfriend with. Yes. <laughs> if you look at Mary and Sophie, those two are hanging out all the time. And, you know, yeah, there's yeah. the there's the comedic tension of everyone. Everyone wants to get Katarina, air quotes, alone. But, you know, they they all enjoy each other's company. They like being together, especially after uh, the summer break, because um, the second half of summer break is just fun one shots of uh, capture targets trying to get. Uh, Katarina alone and obviously 
it, it's harem shenanigans is what happens with the rest yeah. of summer. To be fair, like, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that was cut was shenanigans that aren't that important, but there was also a lot cut from summer break as well, relative to the anime. I'm also going to lead you to believe that the anime probably had a lot of filler for summer break, because that seems like where you would put filler. That's Yeah, that's entirely probable. Because I... Because, Jake, I'm not sure how familiar you are with light novels. They don't have as much content as novels, like, by a long shot. <laughs> Hence the title. It's, kind of, it's yeah. kind of in the name. So, but anyway, when we get back from Summer Break, after she's had all her little romantic things with George, uh, Keith. Well, obviously, she doesn't acknowledge they're romantic. <laughs> uh, except for Nicole, I suppose. We get back to the thing, and we've established that um, everyone who's not Katarina, like Aram has their own secret meetings away from Katarina, where they discuss the harem and how to fairly yes. implement the harem. Because they, after, after summer break, have already given up on, like, singling her out. They are committed to, well, I guess I'll get Mondays, you can get Tuesdays. Oh, there's eight of us. The simp council. The simp council. I love it. <laughs> We have the council hey. of Katarina's in her head, and then we have the simp council, the brain trust hey. of the harem. Dude, Gerald is not playing the simp council game. Gerald is like, all you guys play your game. You don't understand. I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's on the. I got that stuff on lock. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we get. Um, the to... only conflict. <laughs> the closest to yeah. a plot that we get, which incidentally is, and I didn't realize this until I got in here, where the anime ends. Oh. Um, yeah. The anime ends with the the dark magic stuff. And I will say... Oh, interesting. They butchered it. The reason it makes no sense is because they cut, like, 65% of it. Here's the thing. I thought the dark magic made a lot of sense. I thought Katarina was a dummy because she had it explained to her very simply three times and didn't understand it. But like the motivation of the actual antagonist is gone into way more. He's not just crazy and random. There is actually a through line to the reason he does the things he does. I didn't get that he was crazy and random. Yeah, I didn't either. He was upset at things. He was lashing out because he feels like something was taken from him. Because something, because something was. was. Yeah, that is also true. Yeah, and, um, th this is where in the Otome game we reach the point, which is supposed to be the end point for the Katarina Clays in the game, where she's revealed to be a, a horrible person and is either uh, exiled or I guess just murdered extrajudicially by a mob. The versions where she's killed is usually framed as she attacks Maria and then someone, whoever the capture target is, fights back. Uh, All right, yeah. Defends well, Maria. She, uh, in, she's killed by accident in Keith's because he can't control his magic. But yeah, otherwise, ah, she's mm. partially... I believe she's actually completely just a bystander in Keith's end, which is part of the reason Katarina freaks out because it's like it's not even like she's being killed because she's a bad person in all of these. They just <laughs> hate her in the game, which is... The Otome game <laughs> makes it very clear they do not like Katarina. Like, the creators. Yeah. I'm going to complain to the developers. The developers are so unfair. They should have to experience Katarina's life. But what happens is we reach the point where Katarina is supposed to be exposed. 
a group of other students, a group of other girls uh, claim to come forth with evidence of her many terrible crimes, including hideous bullying of one Maria Campbell. And Katarina is just like, but, 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 but I did everything to avoid this. Why? What is happening? And she's so stunned. She's not. Yeah, she's not defending herself because as it as we see from the Katarina TV broadcast, it has completely short-circuited her uh her smooth brain. <laughs> when they say we're here to expose you for her crimes, the first two things she thinks of is is it because they saw me throwing the toy snake? <laughs> is it because of me having a private farm on the <laughs> school's grounds? Because I know no one's happy about that. <laughs> So they claim to have all this evidence of the crimes. And strangely enough, everybody else is just nowhere to be found. Where are all the other characters? Where's the other seven? Uh, so Katarina is kind of left dangling in the wind here. But um, thankfully, uh, her entire squadron of white knights all happened to wander <laughs> into the cafeteria at the same time. An entire freaking round table of white knights here. <laughs> at which point they grab up the evidence, take a look at it, and they all collectively as one look at the look at the accusers and go she's too stupid to do this <laughs> all of these accusations are completely absurd she's not smart enough to do it, uh something so devious look us, Wait, what? look us in the eye look all of us in the eye and then look at that vacant look on her face and tell us you think she has enough brain to do any of this <laughs> yeah. guys guys i'm feeling real insulted here what's going on yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think they're defending me, but I feel insulted right now. <laughs> As you should be. Though there is actually um, one particular line at the end of that whole, like, ordeal. Um, the whole thing was, like, supposed to be, like, the big centerpiece was, oh, bullying of Maria Campbell. And, you know, in the Otome game, obviously, Maria's physically there to, you know, announce uh, Katarina and, and confirm that she's been bullied. But as Maria's saying, you know don't spread terrible lies about the most important person to me. At the end of that, she mentions, uh, I could point out the people who have actually bullied me, at which point the people who are accusing Katarina all run out of the cafeteria. <laughs> which, if it wasn't revealed like a chapter later what was going on here, I'd be like, this is the stupidest plan I've ever heard of. This is Katarina <laughs> brain level plan. But, uh, As it Gerald... Out, it was evil mind control the whole time yeah because my main man gerald uh grabbed the list of accusations going like all of those girls are too dumb to write this this is really good penmanship <laughs> like like sure they're not as dumb as katarina but this is a very high level effort gerald's looking into it because it's weird after the incident audience sees that maria notices something but no one else notices it and um Maria's like, hey guys, I'm gonna go check something out. Go back to class. I'll see you. You know, I'll I'll be in class on time and all that stuff. And she goes to leave. And Katarina um, wants to go with her to whatever it is that she's noticing. For all the simping I've done for the anime since you know this simping hour, I guess. Um, one thing that I will say that the anime does very wrong is they've it's very poorly phrased where they say we never saw Maria again. That's objectively not true. <laughs> Maria goes off to find something and she's gone for two days after that. And that's mm -hmm. very much not like her. That is when Gerald, he found the evidence used against Katarina suspicious 
and then Maria's disappearance and he looks into it and being that he's uh, has a strong claim to the throne, he's royalty, he's a prince, he has access to a lot of knowledge that, you know, would ordinary people or even nobles wouldn't necessarily have. He looks up dark magic, which has the ability to control people's minds. Which is great because his explanation of dark magic is very simple. It's like, uh, yes, it's um, a type of magic that can be used to influence people's minds and actions and it can take control of them. Katarina goes, what? I don't understand. It's dark magic. It can be used to influence people's minds and actions. I don't understand. I'm pretty sure the dark magic concept exists in Katarina's, well, main character's world. Like, it shouldn't have to be explained again in this Otome world. It's just, it's similar. It wasn't in the Otome game, but I'm like, it kind of was, because we get a scene later with, you just weren't listening to Achan explain things to you. Uh, she didn't want spoilers, man. Um, she didn't want spoilers, but also the fact that we need to consider she avoided the conviction. It's possible, and it's actually revealed that this route would not have been revealed because she's never played past the conviction. Mm. So this would be something she's never encountered before. She tried to cut off Ajan's spoilers. Like she's like, I haven't played it. I want to play it kind of thing. I don't think it was as repetitious in the anime when they revealed that. Because one thing that I did notice when I was reading the manga is the end of a chapter is when Gerald explains dark magic. And then the beginning mm. of the next chapter is him explaining it again. Yeah. But they frame it like Katarina didn't ask what you're talking about. And it's like, to some extent, I feel like it's it's because of like the chapter break that it was done that way. But then later she asks again. And I don't, it didn't feel that way in the anime. I I don't know. Because I don't want to, I don't want to keep saying like the, the, oh, the manga ruined everything, but like. Yeah, Jake, I, I can't really comment on what happened in the anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> like. Yeah, this is, we only but, read the manga. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but anyway, we get, we get dark magic introduced and um, Katarina is just like, who could this possibly be? Oh, wait, I remember. Achan spoiled the game for me. And the amount she spoiled the game seems to increase like memory by memory. <laughs> but I mean, good on good on Katarina for blocking it out because, <laughs> you know, she genuinely wanted the genuine experience. She's like, I want to play through and experience it myself. I'm not going to be like, well, I already know how it ends, so I'm going to stop. But basically, we get her remembering, oh yeah, wait, the dark magic guy. Maybe something like that was mentioned. Oh well, I'm going to forget about it. Hey, I'm going to go for a walk by myself, everyone. Chill out. Uh, and then she goes, sits in the park that Maria always sat in, and um, here comes cute well, no, club president, like, and she's just like... It wasn't that she went on a walk by herself. She fleeted because she was so worried about Mary and the idea that she could potentially be sacrificed, because dark magic is associated with human sacrifice. She couldn't sleep because she kept having nightmares of all of her friends dying. So, so she when passes out on her feet, at, uh, and that's why she's alone. She's sent to the nurse's office. Yeah, and then when she wakes up, the nurse is like, you, you could probably get to your next class if you hurry. And uh, Katarina's like, okay, and passes by the spot where, you know, Maria was always sitting. So for nostalgia's sake, and, and also because she's stupid, she goes and sits down there. And hey, club president, what's going on? I know I mentioned earlier, you look a main character. Your character <laughs> design is very notable compared to everyone else. You've got those nice gray eyes and the red hair. And uh, I just got to say, 
Katarina's sitting there contemplating the dark magic and all this crap. And then, you know, you turn the page and it's immediately just in an, uh, in an instant villain angle shot. It's the student club president or it's the student council president. And I heard in my head, Dory May. And I just love it because her immediate reaction is, well, I got to track down who's the dark magic person. Well, here's a person Wait. in front of me. Better start. <laughs> Question him immediately. <laughs> I got a hundred students to go through. Might as well start with number one. Hey, are you a dark mage? What dark magic? Who's ever heard of that? Next page. How did you know my secret? <laughs> you don't understand how dumb she is. And you it's great understand. because then he's just like, go to sleep forever. And she's like, hmm, maybe he is a dark mate. <laughs> Well, no, no. Here's the thing, though, because remember those a couple of uh, times I've mentioned I'm uh, going to say something extreme and put a pen in a couple of things. This is the point that I, I think is really important to understanding Katarina's character, because as dumb and oblivious as she is, but she instantly understands that he is suffering and that he's doing this because he's in a bad place emotionally. Katarina is dumb. I don't think that she's stupid. She's a really good empath. She has she has low intelligence, high wisdom. I, and, I wouldn't call her a good empath. She makes a lot of dumb she, emotional decisions too. She does. But the thing is, when she applies herself, she's talented. She works that farm and it's a good farm. She produces good uh, produce. That takes a level of intelligence and dedication she chooses her to apply herself to that, and she got good at it. When it comes to the sword fighting, she chose to apply herself to it. She got good at it. When it comes to throwing the stupid snake, she got good at it. When it comes to her magic... Okay, let's let's establish what does getting good at throwing a snake mean here? <laughs> like, And she really thought. is only doing it to be mean to him. I mean, I wouldn't try to find what your deep, darkest fears are and then constantly like throw them in your face. That's Point not... Point being, when she <laughs> applies herself to something, she shows real talent. And when something serious is happening, when someone is in imminent peril because Maria could be dead for all they know. She stops being an oblivious idiot and she's able to understand what's going on with the person in front of her who's threatening her. He's not just evil, he's in pain. Yeah, even if she doesn't know the specifics, she knows that he's lashing out. Mm -hmm. and, and he did not expect he did not expect that level of um, understanding from somebody and, you know, when you're so deep in your own bullshit, he, uh, much like with um, Alan earlier, uh, he's like, no, this is clearly some sort of game. You're you're just this vapid fool who is going around p pretending to be the savior. So, well, she's that, but she's also this. She's also very yeah. nice. Yes. <laughs> and that's when he casts the go to sleep forever spell on her. And... You know, and uh, the last thing she notices as she falls into a coma is him crying, it's crying uncontrollably. Because she, she was exactly right. And as far as as far as I understand the character, I think at some level Katarina is actually aware of everything that's going on with her friends. She's just willingly ignorant of it. It's not like a I'm consciously ignoring it, but a, a, a subconscious part of her is sort of aware and trying to deflect things. I, 
because another thing that's important that at all. <laughs> another thing that's important is during the um uh oh no this isn't during the confession scene this is during the final confrontation um she mentions you know i'm the villainous i'm not that smart i'm not i'm not pretty like she goes on a internal self-loathing tirade the thing is in her previous life which we get into when she's in a coma um when we go to isekaiception <laughs> isekaiception in another world in another world <laughs> in another world um we learn you know we we instead of like cutting around you know her life before she became Katarina Clay's we see a you know a day in her normal life and she was a nobody and she saw herself as a nobody and now you know she's been reincarnated as a villain she doesn't see herself as worthy of people's love she almost says that in her little um uh, uh speech at the end about how i'm not you know i'm not like these people who are behind me but they're you know they're willing to help me anyway like i'm not worth it you know, and to me, again, when she's able to so easily read someone when she can't afford to be dumb and oblivious, I think a part of her does really know what's going on in the background. But like, she knows that in, in an alternate timeline, Maria could marry any of the dudes. In an alternate timeline, Alan and Mary get together, um, you know, things like that. She doesn't want to steal her friends from each other so she lets herself not notice it i mean but we see her subconscious we get a really detailed internal monologue i'm willing to give you the bet that she's got a lot of self-image issues because she she immediately says i look like some kind of evil villainous but then we're never really let on that that is a thing that's inherent about how she looks although she does say that katarina's body's way more pretty than she ever was in yeah which, I mean, we see her. That's objectively true because yeah. she's drawn to be very plain. Yeah. And, um, um, but yeah, yeah we get to the isekai she, and the isekai. Yeah. Be, before she reincarnated in the in the genre entirely centered around pretty people doing pretty things, she was, you know, an average person. And uh, we the the lead up into it is uh, uh, really cool because uh, we find out that. Um, it was under different circumstances, but um, she's not the only one isekai'd. Yeah, yeah. So we learned a lot across two lifetimes. Did I was not very clear on that. Maybe not romantically the first time, but she loved her across two lifetimes, and that's adorable, and I love it. I gotta say, yeah. the chapter where they're all talking about why they care about her so much, oh, it, that, it, that got to me. It got I, me too. I really like that one. I choked up at that. We're, we're so sitting I, here having this mope fest. And then, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Sophia is Achan's reincarnation. <laughs> is that what that was? A, I was a little confused on what the relationship there was because I got that she was Achan. But I, I, I don't know if she's supposed to be a le legitimate reincarnation because we don't know if Achan died. I hate to say it again, but if you want the full story, the anime explains it better. And I'll leave well, it at that. Didn't want it this is a manga podcast. I, and, oh. and yeah, I'll leave it at that. But it it's very... But 
and but yeah. Um, so I, I think it is pretty clear that you know Sophia is supposed to be Achan's reincarnation because she very clearly thinks I'm not losing you again. And that's when we get that image. That's when we get that image of Sophia and Achan back to back. That's see the thing is where I got interpreted that was scene was I thought Sophia was like somehow through magic being placed inside um her memories like because i achan when she's talking to um i guess we don't have main character's name katarina um mm. when um she's talking at some point it kind of switches over to sophia's personality and she's like yeah i really don't know what this world is but you should wake up because we're all waiting for you back in the other place was how i was interpreting it i mean yes but i mean yes that is like what happened but um Achan also said in the memory, I'm glad we get to spend time together again. And and that's that when she switches to Sophia. My interpretation of that is if you remember all the way back to the beginning, when um Katarina got her memories of her previous life, she had smashed her head on a rock in a in uh on a stone path. And that jarred her previous lives, uh, memories back in her into her head. Whereas with Sophia, it's more like a like she ha like Achan is like within her a part of her, but has never really come fully to the surface the same way that Katarina's previous life had for her. Yeah, and it was in the moment of crisis when she was at risk of losing her friend again that Achan's spirit came temporarily came to the surface but you know then retreated back to wherever the soul somewhere in is. yeah somewhere in sophia's subconscious fair but i guess i'll also bring this up here um so a bit when uh gerald was talking about dark magic he mentioned something about like yeah it deals with memories and like it deals with people's souls and we action image from katarina like wait what do you mean people's memories in different bodies but then it's immediately played off. She's like, yeah, dark magic's scary. But like, are are we going to read into the fact that how she got isekai into this world is almost certainly someone doing dark magic? They never really address the fact that the actual Katarina Clays, the one born into that world, is conspicuously missing. Yeah. Also dead. Dead and filled with the soul of this otaku. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of the fridge horror in that one. <laughs> I thought they were going to address it, because Gerald brings it up, like, point blank. They really don't, which I was a little, I mean, I was a little disappointed by. We we do see something over yet, but... Uh, yeah, it probably won't come up. It probably won't address it. We do see um, a, a bit more about how the uh, the whole soul transfer thing works, because that's basically the whole premise behind the student council president being villainous. Uh, because through a long backstory, it's revealed that uh, he is an Ill he is a bastard son, and the actual legitimate heir to the marquee that he was uh, that he is posing as. Yeah, um, the actual legitimate heir was very sickly, and so the Marquis's wife in a fit of extreme a combination of like jealousy and super overprotectiveness decided 
All right. So uh, this little bastard here uh, clearly doesn't deserve to live. Uh, my precious child does because he's the legitimate heir. So uh, I'm going to have one of my mooks uh, perform the ritual to learn dark magic and just uh, transfer my son's soul into this bastard. By yeah. casually murdering his mother in front of him. Well, she's yeah. nothing. You don't understand. Obviously, she's just a harlot. Mm -hmm. Fine. Yep. It's oh, so not fair that he gets a healthy body while my son has to die. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, you're right. That isn't fair. But yeah. I mean, it's okay. not. You're right. That isn't fair. That doesn't justify everything else you've you're been you're doing. Mm -hmm. But who really needs? Who really should have been punished in all of this? The one who cheated. Yeah, the Marquis. Uh, Marquis Deke get, kind of gets away scot-free from what we see. But um, can I just point out for a second that uh, the villain's name is Sirius Deke? I know, right? <laughs> He's a serious <laughs> dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, his real name is Raphael. No, there is a Sirius and there is a Raphael. Yeah, can we, can we point out how um, Katarina wakes up she goes, she gets this backstory from him. I, I actually don't, there's a flashback. I'm not sure where the flashback is coming from. The, the flashback is um, Raphael slash Sirius explaining his own backstory. Uh, what Katarina is that before or after Katarina that cheat codes her way through the conflict? <laughs> that is before, because all Katarina knows going into the conflict is, um, she knows the vague backstory, as was spoiled by Achan. She knows um, that the student council president's real name is Raphael. She doesn't understand the significance of that yet. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, she, as has been the through line this entire time, extends the hand of friendship to him. And uh, it's later that Raphael explains his backstory in some more detail. Dude, Achan is a terrible friend. Like, hey, <laughs> I had to work real hard to find the secret that unlocks this ending, but his name was Raphael. If you tell him that, it just skips all the conflict. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and literally, the only conflict we have in this is resolved by Achan's ghost going, hey, cheat codes. And then Katarina going, cheat code? And then he's just like, you really see me as a person and starts crying and i loved it <laughs> yeah it was it was great i enjoyed it a lot the thing that the thing that kind of swerved me was i'm like oh boy here we go member uh, uh member number eight of the harem right here but no he kind of doesn't he he <laughs> ends up being he kind of he kind of exists on the border yeah, yeah. He, he becomes like a facilitator for for whatever uh, outcome it is that Katarina wants, he's like, "Yeah, no, I'll just, I'll just help you get the outcome, the outcome that you're going for. <laughs> you, you've helped me re regain my, uh, my you sense of it. self, and I am deeply appreciative of that. But you know, I'll just, so I'll repay you by getting you the ending you want in this romance game. Of course, not in so it's many just, words, but it, it, and it's all in subtext, which Katarina does not understand at of course, all. Yep." And then, for okay. obvious reasons, uh, Raphael's just like, yo, I'm going to drop out from school for a bit. Have fun at the graduation ceremony, because apparently Cause I... it's the end of the year already. <laughs> yep. Okay, before we get to the graduation ceremony, uh, can I just say, was anyone else kind of disappointed that the manga didn't have the balls to kill Maria? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have nothing against Maria, and I would have been sad if she died. Don't get me wrong. But I expected... Especially because um, Katarina 
says, like, my greatest regret is not following her in that moment because after that she disappeared. I thought she disappeared forever. I thought she was just going to be capital D dead. I I did not expect her to be dead because I knew this was an isekai harem and I didn't expect any actual conflict to ever happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, but a man can hope. We can, <laughs> we, we can get some drama. That would definitely be a more mature harem. And I feel like there is a market for that. Absolutely. Where there could I believe be there's a different <laughs> word for that. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we didn't get the we didn't get the sudden re-zero swerve in this one. So uh, fine. But yeah, uh, we get to the graduation ceremony, which I misunderstood initially. I thought everyone was graduating. I'm like, wow, this was Me a too. really quick setup. But no. Yeah, but no. Uh, they I clarify only this. Yeah, only the seniors are graduating, which is unfortunately Nicole. Nicolay? Uh, it's almost certainly Nicolay, isn't it? Nicolay? No, it's I've been Nicolay. saying Nicole. Wow. Oh. It's probably Nicole. I think they're trying I think they're trying for the German like Nicole and then like Nikolai or like there's different they're just trying to be generic like European sounding. It's close enough, but yeah, I mean yeah. there are different ways of having a male. You could have a male Nicol or Nikolai. But basically it's unfortunate because if uh, Nickel, yeah, Nickel graduates. He's not going to get to interact with Katarina. Everyone else going to move up in the harem, but Sophia's not <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> no, she loves her brother. Yeah, and this is where we get um, Maria's backstory, which I think fits here equally as well. I disagree with Jake on this. I think after you've gotten the emotional investment of her disappearing, I think it's good payoff, especially mm -hmm. with the pacing of the manga. I think it fits here equally as well as fun time summer. Okay. Um, I, I can see that. I think the reason why I had such an issue with it is because it, it paints the mom really badly, but I, I see your point here. I never felt really badly about the mother. I understand that she could have handled it better, but I mean, I can sympathize with her given the situation with based on the information that's provided in this chapter about perhaps why she's behaving in such a way. I don't agree with how she's treating, you know, Maria, but I can understand why. When I established how I interpreted backstory with Maria in her scene, I just assumed the mother was being very protective and scared for her daughter because I assumed she was like hesitant. Like, why would you be friends with her? Like they were malignant in like their wants. Mm. So I, I really never got a bad attitude in my interpretation reading this. I felt the backstory here was good because it felt like reward for getting through the like tense emotional situation of the arc. And then we get the fun scene of um, graduation <laughs> With uh, mm -hmm. Nicole getting a very ugly bouquet of vegetables because Katarina thinks, why would you want flowers? Everyone gets those. Those are dumb. I'm different. Not like other girls. <laughs> Hashtag not like other girls. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, it's a practical gift, but yeah, no, you're totally right. <laughs> she could because... have gotten him a perfectly acceptable flower bouquet and given him oh. a basket of vegetables. Also, it has... Yeah. In its initial display, it had stink lines because it's like onion grass and... <laughs> I'm just saying she could have picked a better presentation. You could have presented it as a nice basket with a bow on it or something. Well, don't they make like um, like fruit? They do, not like how she did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because she is the dumbest puppy and she... 
Which, just cannot. She picked everything that looked which, like grass. She's not socially intelligent. That's the no. recurring theme throughout this. She's not socially intelligent. She doesn't really pick up on social cues that well. It's really driven home that she does not pick up on social cues here because we get into her freaking out over, wait, no, this is the end of the game. Who's Maria going to pick? She's got so many <laughs> options. Who could she possibly want to be with? Maybe the one she's like told you repeatedly. As Maria <laughs> is clinging to her arm the entire graduation ceremony. But who, guys? <laughs> who? Is she supposed to sneak off with her beloved at the graduation yeah. ceremony? Katarina does not pick up on this and proceeds to go, I guess she got the friendship end. Proceeding, Katarina friend zones everybody. Constantly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> happy end for me i don't die in the friendship end and then I mean, yes we get technically correct and we get a nice panel that i'm not sure where they establish this is happening other than it's of a magazine and the end screen of the game which i think even says like it's the end screen they just happened which has an implication yeah. i don't think the light novel the manga or the anime are about uh, yeah, that I think is more of a meta thing because, like, there it's like uh, Fortune Lovers getting a sequel. I feel like that's probably more like the story is going to continue past this point and not so much that, like, what was happening her was universe ends. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she lost the tournament of power in there, uh, and their universe <laughs> got destroyed. Uh. Oh, God, we've got to get the super dragon balls now. <laughs> Oh, and I, I should maybe clarify that ending, that ending point of the graduation, that's where the anime cuts off. The The last scene is yeah. um, like the credits playing over that, which is very... Oh, it doesn't even get Fortune Lovers gets a sequel? No, that's that's oh. not in the anime either. It It's just it, huh. it's just the satisfaction of like the... It's like they're all like having a happy moment and then the credits start playing and it shows them going to the next semester. And... Oh. and and she says, uh, you know, this is my, you know, from now on, I'm going to live my own life as me and not worry about destruction flags, which she then proceeds Clearly to not absolutely not do. not do, yeah. Because we get to go to the next arc, which is the school festival arc. And because you have to have a school festival harem, at babe. some point. Uh-huh. It's so <laughs> And it's like, harem, hey, why didn't we have a school festival last year? Why did we have it a school festival last every year? two years, conveniently? Which, in all fairness, that seems like a very Otome game plot of like, hey, why didn't we establish this in the previous year? We didn't think of it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is ridiculous because obviously they're not familiar with the formula. You gotta have the school festival, man. <laughs> I was gonna say, doesn't, isn't that always in the Otome game? More or less. Can we go in? To how Katarina is like school festival, great. I'm gonna get yakisoba. I'm gonna get takoyaki. I'm gonna get okonomiyaki. And I'm like, honey, you're I not. You're up. And she's like, well, I want to make a stand where I sell my vegetables. I'm like, why? Just, <laughs> yes, why? Like, this is a festival for nobles. No one's gonna be buying produce there. Like, I don't. It's not a farmer's market. <laughs> She well, that's why Maria tries to boost anything. her boost her confidence and says, "Hey, we can put your vegetables in my sweets." There we go. I can only I, I can only imagine Maria was like, "Yeah, I'll use your vegetables for my sweets." Oh God, she made so many vegetables. 
what if I just make shortbread cookies? Do you think she'd notice? No, she's Katarina. Of course she wouldn't notice. I threw away the vegetables. <laughs> There's got to be at least one carrot cake in there, right? <laughs> I like the panel of um, of uh, Katarina and uh, Maria giving Gerald the puppy eyes and he can't say no to the waifus. <laughs> Both of them at the same time, just like, Gerald, Sama, please. Individual chapters are did up into like two page scenes is what happens. It's it's yeah. really hard to describe because it's just harem bait. It's just cute interaction scenes, which are fun to read, but not really any yeah, substance. I yeah. think the only thing really memorable is um, Nicole comes back for the school play, which uh, Sophia has an excellent line where she's just like, brother, no, you've got to go interact with her. I know this is considered cheating according to harem rules, but it's okay. <laughs> you are graduating, so you're at a disadvantage. Oh, that's also what we get. We get all of the the harem people bragging about their status, which leads up into Nicole going like, well, I guess I'll just pretend she can be in my play. And we get basically, um, they rehearse lines where Katarina is under the impression a play is happening, where Nicole is basically just grabbing her in his arms and saying, I have always loved you. I just <laughs> want it to be you and me. And she faints from being too attracted to him. Yeah. You know, she swoons super hard because he's too gosh dang handsome. <laughs> and and proceeds uh, he, to not remember the confession. No, she thinks he messed up the line because he says Katarina instead of, you know, whatever name of the character she's supposed to be uh, in this little rehearsal. <laughs> and she's like, oh, wow, he did that so well. He's going to kill it in this play. <laughs> meanwhile Sophia's in the background like good job Oni-chan you did it and I think the it play is. also comes up later but that's just a scene with Maria that doesn't really matter it's just an excuse to get villain Katarina it's not super clear but I think it's a different play question mark I, I, they really want her to act in the then we're so there's what I'm saying is it's nothing but harem bait so it's really hard yeah. to keep track of what's going on because this is just filler yeah. because yeah. it is though one thing that i gotta say is we get villain katarina which is great but like you know she she plays the character that she should have been but mm. um we also get those um, shoes look so good for your filthy dress <laughs> <laughs> well because she also forgot the freaking lines so she had to ad lib she did she had to ad lib <laughs> the insult <laughs> Yep. And it was kind of lame, but uh, at least Mary and Maria had the wherewithal to go along with it. Oh, well, she didn't write it. It's stolen from the Otome Games dialogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, but I gotta say, villain Mary is also fun. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Mary is an antagonist. And we get to see yeah. her with her little villain face on. And you're reminded, oh, wait, she's an enemy <laughs> in the game. Which we also see with Gerald. Gerald also was an antagonist. Yeah. Well, he's uh, a capture target. Uh -huh. but, but but we start the black-hearted prince for a minute. Yeah. He is, God, he is a I significantly better person in this timeline, but he is still kind of a manipulator. And, kind of but an in Katarina's well, benefit, he's a manipulator. Yes. Yeah, so, I was about like, to say, he wants to be king. He needs to be a manipulator. Yeah. <laughs> But now he's like, well, I've already have dibs, so 
I'm the fiance. So is he going to like condone, like theoretically condone his future wife to have oh. affairs all the time? No, hold on. I remember my favorite part with Gerald is in this bit because um she's going around with her little oh, entourage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is just a group <laughs> yeah. of girls following her around that I don't know if they're ever introduced. It's just It's never clarified. It's they never clarified. They have neither names but nor I, faces. Anyway, what happens is they've been messing around. Um, she's supposed to meet Gerald at the festival so they can hang out and have some time. Uh, but she gets distracted eating food because she's Katarina. And basically she meets Gerald and he looks over her entourage and goes, ah, good. You were just hanging out with women. If it were men, I would have never allowed it. And it's just dark face and it scares away the three entourage girls. They just disappear. And she's like, huh, he's so friendly. They book. They book it out of there. They're like, nope. I think her, I think where they go is is the response. Yeah. But uh, she gets over it's it quickly great. because. Yeah. Well, my favorite. She's bit, Katarina. Because she's Katarina. My favorite bit in all of this. Um, in, in this entire like harem baiting uh, school festival arc is when she meets up with Keith and Mary. Oh uh, yeah. And she, and, and you know, she brought some food for them and Keith is like, you're not going to eat anymore. Right. Says, I know you're late here because you were eating the food. Right. <laughs> it's and like, she's you're like, not going to eat more. Are you? Yeah. But um, she accidentally. I think I'm a glutton too yeah. late. <laughs> <laughs> but uh she goes to feed keith half of the sandwich that he agreed to take yeah you know that's what siblings do right they just feed each other sandwiches and mary just laser eyes lock on target <laughs> ada, ada. that's a strange thing to do between siblings isn't it <laughs> which is fun because when i realized this went past what i knew i'm like oh i get to see more character interactions i was really curious of how um Keith and Mary would interact because I think the only reason Keith is okay with Mary is because he doesn't realize she's as thirsty as Gerald is. <laughs> <laughs> and yet what we get from this interaction is that Mary is the one who's mad. Oh, Mar Mary is the thirstiest. <laughs> and it's just poor Keith getting bullied by Mary intentionally and unintentionally by Katarina as she keeps feeding into Mary. Yeah, she keeps she keeps giving Mary ammo. <laughs> and the poor boy's just oh. like, no, this is it, it this is normal, right? And Ka and Mary's like, no, it's not. But it's it's much more um acceptable for uh girls to touch and hug each other and then maybe get in the bath together and <laughs> At which point Keith cuts her off. And then Keith realized that there was a barrier. There was only so far he could go with his sister. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's great. We did get a bit of plot because uh, during the school festival, we were introduced because uh, Gerald and Alan are the third and fourth princes, respectfully. So where's two and one? Oh, here they are. It's Joffrey and Ian. And, and they're... Uh, extremely pretty otome game universe uh fiancés as well because that that's the genre everyone is super hot i, I love mm -hmm. katarina's reaction to this going like huh who those, are they? Look, those look like main characters why don't i know <laughs> and gerald just goes you've met them several times at my birthday parties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and gerald is feeding her names throughout the entire conversation yep. she's like thanks because Gerald is the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, perhaps future harem bait, uh, whatever. And then uh, oh, <laughs> one of, of the fiancés just freaking kidnaps Katarina. She, she chloroforms <laughs> yep. her. Yeah. That, that was way darker than I was expecting. Because it's like the stuff with like the, the dark magic and Sirius w- wasn't that... Let's murder a child to bring life to another child by transferring souls is darker than chloroform. I don't know. I guess it's just well, that's not even a joke. I mean, it is. Yeah. No, it but, is. It's thematically darker. But yeah, uh, Katarina is uh, late cleaning up after the play and she's like, all right, I'll go meet everybody at the in the ballroom now. And uh, some random girl offers to guide her because it's late out and uh, now it's dark. So here, I'll, I'll lead the way with a lantern. And they wander off school grounds because Katarina isn't paying enough attention to know what direction they're going in. Stranger danger as someone sneaks up behind her and puts a chloroform rag over her face and she passes out only to wake up. Uh, and of course, everyone's like, oh, crap, where's Katarina? She's late. She's never this late. E- even if she got lost and wandered off somewhere because she's dumb, she would still be here by now. Katarina wakes up in a f- fancy bedroom, having had a great night's sleep. And then she's oh like, God. wait a minute, where the hell am I? <laughs> I just love this bit because she goes from, oh, I've been kidnapped to full Stockholm syndrome in like 30 <laughs> seconds. That's great. Yeah, she's immediately like, "Well, I've been kidnapped. Better get comfortable. Give me some nice clothes, and some food, and a book. Well, I'm <laughs> gonna live here forever." <laughs> because because the kidnapper, um, or at least the one holding her hostage, oh, as yeah. is one of the fiancés of the elder princes. This is another case where Katarina shows her selective intelligence. I guess is a way to put it because she's able to figure out. Like, she's been kidnapped. She, she figures out that she's been kidnapped immediately. This is a serious situation, so she has to dedicate actual brain cells instead of the council of idiots. But <laughs> then they're like, oh, we're so, uh, the, um, the fiance is like, oh, I'm so sorry we had to do this. We'll accommodate your every need. At which point the dumbest puppy, all you have to do is give her some food and something to play with. And then she's a puppy. <laughs> she's happy with it. She's fine. She's like, um, and my friends are probably worried about me. I should get back home soon. Uh, but can I have more of this food? This is tasty. <laughs> but for whatever reason, the uh, the hostage taker is not allowed to speak to Katarina about it. And it some dude, I don't know it's if it's pretty her, clear. I, I don't think know if he's it, the butler. It, oh, yeah, he's the butler. And he's using. He is, but it's kind of would be. Because uh, Katarina even notes this is like he's being very like authoritative and like he's in control of the situation. But she notices he's wearing servant's clothes. It's weird. Well, we see with uh, the visual cues in the manga that this guy is probably using some dark magic because every time the, this poor this poor girl uh, wants to explain to Katarina what's going on, because she seems incredibly remorseful about this whole situation. Uh, the butler just leans in, puts a hand on her shoulder, and is like, you don't have to say that. And she immediately goes, I don't have to say that, with this blank look on her face. And then leaves the room. Yes. Um, though, one of the things I like is um, Katarina, and again, in a, in a moment of, like, you know, clear thought, Katarina intuits that you're not the one who came up with this plan. And... As, as it's being presented to the audience, it really does seem like it wasn't her idea. Um, 
even if she did do the planning itself, which she but, confesses to. Well, she actually says that it was her idea. And I kind of like that because it it shows that when Katarina's in not dumb mode, as rare as that is, it's not just straight author uh, author clairvoyance that she actually correctly read the cues because she's been kidnapped. This is a serious situation. Oh, they're feeding me and treating me nice. I don't care anymore. Wait, she's acting weird. Something's wrong again. And like the moments where she's actually paying attention, it's not just that that she's getting author clairvoyance. Like she's actually legitimately reading the situation. Mm -hmm. I love the bit when um she comes to visit her in the middle of the night and just it's she wakes her up. It's like I was worried if you were gonna be upset, and she's like. That doesn't make any sense. I was sleeping. <laughs> Catter, the, the fiance is like, I was concerned you wouldn't be able to sleep because you're so stressed. And Katerina was having a nice deep sleep, not with yeah, not like, a care in the world. <laughs> Whereas the, the one who's worried about sleep is the one who obviously, like Katerina even notices, I'm pretty sure you're the one having that problem. But anyway, that chapter basically ends with the reveal panel of Selena going, I was the one who planned this. Shock. And then the final chapter we read was amazing because it's nothing but the actual brain trust <laughs> relating <laughs> to the problem at hand. As the harem realizes the queen has been captured and they need to simp their way together to get a plan to get her back. Which is great because my man Gerald received yeah. a ransom note where he was told in order to get Katarina back, he has to renounce the throne. And he's just like, cool. If I can't have Katarina being King means nothing. And it takes Mary like villainous Supreme to go, well, you know, they'd probably just kill her anyway. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, That's dumb. Don't give up the throne. That'd take some time. We're going to go kill some bitches. They'd just kill her. So let's go kill him ourselves. Yes. yes. Mary oh. just immediately goes to bloodlust. She's like, I'm going to find him and I'm going to crush him. <laughs> she, she gets up, starts walking out of the room. Raphael happens and to walk in. Yeah, they have to physically restrain her from attacking anyone and anyone she anyone and everyone she finds suspicious. She basically says, I'm going to go where I think she is and I'm going to beat people up until they tell me where she is. And like, I appreciate that. She is a woman of action. Yeah, she's great. I love I love the uh character moment for her because like once they once they restrain her enough that she's not, you know, actually going out to attack random people, it shows like how much of a spiral she's in. I that's a really good character moment for her. But that is where the manga ends and uh that is uh as far as we can go then. So I think it's about time we started wrapping up. Let's go with the uh, favorite characters to start off with. Um, so obviously, uh, husbando and waifu choices. Um, <laughs> I've, already, I've already stated mine. Um, Alan is uh, my favorite of the boys just because he's hysterical. Uh, and uh, Mary is 100% best girl because uh, best character design. And she is a woman of action. She <laughs> is the most complex of the female characters, in, in my opinion, and really interesting. Of the boys, I really like Keith. I yeah. like I don't know the the beleaguered, you know, all the <laughs> all the crap that uh he goes through. The put upon just, every man. I just I feel for him. Um and boy, 
Girls is hard for me because I love all of them for completely different reasons. Katarina is so freaking charming. I adore her. I guess from the perspective of if we're talking favorite characters, I would say Katarina because she, you know, like she's an idiot, dense, harem, isekai protagonist. And yet I really do think that she has layers to her. She is deeper than the surface level thoughts that is, that is the Council of Idiots. And I kind of want to, it's not really a series built for serious situations, but I kind of want to see her, you know, step up and be the hero a little bit more. Um, waifus, though, uh, again, all four of them are amazing, but uh, 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 Blonde Maria's definitely my pick on that front. Gentlemen prefer blondes. All right, I'm pretty sure Jay's going to have the longest uh, <laughs> explanation and list of them all, so Matt, you next. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, for the boys, uh, my man Gerald, uh, he knows he's the best. He acts <laughs> like he's the best, and he really doesn't have a lot of stake in the fight because he's got the long game on lock. Uh, actually, we skipped <laughs> over the bit in the um, the festival arc where it's revealed that Katarina wants to join the Ministry of Magic because that would get her out of her engagement. It's not really gone any further beyond that because she immediately gets kidnapped. But I'm like, no, don't hurt my man like this. <laughs> and this idea is proposed to her by Maria, who just wants to be with her. <laughs> yeah, who Aww. also doesn't want to get married so the two of them can be ministers together. Despite the, mm -hmm. I love the fact of being minister of magic. So he's like, well, I'm terrible at magic. That's not a requirement. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And for girls, I got to go with uh, Sophia. She's easily mm -hmm. cutest. Um, she's got the white hair going on and just how much love she has for her brother going like, no, I'm going to help you win this to the detriment of my own happiness. I'm going to help you win because she's just there to be on team go Nicole. And I'm like, I can support that. Nicole has no chance against Gerald, but, you know, I support the effort. And she loved Katarina off across two lifetimes. Aww. That's, that's, well, you go, you go ahead, Jay, with uh, your, uh. Yeah, Jay, Jay. Expert opinion. I have to hand it to my man, Keith. Um, he's been through, he's been with Katarina through thick and thin, obviously still got with her, shielding her from her parents, mother, mostly. Um. <laughs> you know her mom goes through so much yeah that's another thing it's just like i feel for the mother like i mean <laughs> i just really do <laughs> but yeah um keith would have to be for the boys he i feel having to live be raised with and understand katarina through and through i feel like he's obviously the closest because he has this advantage over them even with jared um and the fact that, you know, she, in a sense, you know, saved him from being a playboy lecherous person to being someone who's just a sweet puppy. And, you know, so protective and so pure. And the even though she's puppy. given him so many, so many heart attacks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I would never. His so, lifespan yeah. is short. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then for the girls, I would definitely have to agree with Sam and say that Mary is the most dynamic and I would say flavorful character. You know, some of the some of the girls had their they all they all had their moments, but I feel as far as depth, Mary had more 
more dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honorable mentions, I would probably say, um, probably Achan. Uh, and now, uh, favorite matches. So the the OTPs. <laughs> it's a shame we're <laughs> wrapping up because this could have been a this could have been a this real. Been whole, this could have been the whole thing. It could have been yes. Um, even though it does not include any of my uh, chosen characters, I gotta say, I I consistently find um, the unintentional three way uh, but very intentional love triangle. <laughs> of Sophia, Nicole, and Katarina to be my favorite. Damn it, that was mine. <laughs> That's also mine. <laughs> so I guess it wouldn't have been the whole thing. We all agreed. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, see, I, I'm slight variation on that. European aristocracy polyarmory isn't that weird. So honestly, the harem ending is my choice, but if oh, uh, Katarina had if Katarina had to pick one, I would say Sophia, which kind of by default brings in Nicole because that's just the relationship that they have. So I guess, yeah, all two of us for agree one on deal. that. Two for one deal. <laughs> and would oh, you continue good. reading once it's finally updated to continue? Yeah. I think I think I would solely to the end of this prisoner slash kidnap plot line, and I I might randomly come back to it in latter years for a chuckle but I don't know if I'd follow it super dedicatedly. This is definitely not something I could follow week by week because just nothing happens for long periods of time. This is a monthly series, actually, so it'd be month to month. Like, to wait an entire month to get a chapter where nothing Nothing really happens. I also Um, don't really like I, so. So, for me, I'm definitely going to continue, but this is a series that you kind of have to binge. So I'm going to put it down until it finds the end of another plot arc and then binge it. But I would definitely not read it week to week because. So, Jacob, this is another thing I I, want to bring up. Uh, You mentioned your favorite part was um, Katarina and you'd like a more serious take on it. I can't Hmm. speak on that, but I know there is a spinoff manga of this. Um, My life as a villainous, uh, my, my next life as a villainous, all routes lead to doom that the only difference is Katarina hits her head and regains her memories when she's 15, right before going to boarding school. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, she would have to actually step up more often then. Because she'd actually have to deal with the plot of the game rather than having the plot of the game already be taken care of by the time she's there. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I can't speak to its quality, but I know it exists. Hmm. Like, I'll put it this way. I want, and I'm going to have to look that up now because I want more of these characters in my life. I love all of them so much. And uh, Jay, do you intend to continue reading this? I'm I'm probably going to let it rest for a while and pick it up once there's another um, chunk of episodes to pick up because it is something that you really do need to binge. All right, and that uh, concludes this episode of the Over Manga Cast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Remember to subscribe and uh, leave a comment or review. It helps us out immensely. Uh, follow us at, at @OverMangaCast on Twitter to see what we are reading and memeing about every week. <laughs> it is entirely just screen caps that we send to the group chat of uh, certain panels going. <laughs> Yeah, we already <laughs> talked about it earlier. Matt posted the one of the uh, the, of the pixelated snakes. The pixelated so, yeah. snake, yep. yep. 
And they also pixelate the snake multiple times. Like after you know what it is, they'll still just pixelate it because it's funny. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, they know what they're about. Great. And so, uh, and yeah, Matt, uh, go ahead. I know you're excited for next week's so episode. I am because next week we are reading Chainsaw Man chapters one through 22. And mm, I am so excited for these guys to read it with me because I do love me that manga. Mm-hmm. It's a shame we're only getting the first 22 chapters in, but I'm sure you guys are going to love it, too. It's it is great. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Join us next week for that. Farewell, everybody. Have a good night. Yep. Later. See ya.